this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. Lord, we just thank you what you've done for gathering everybody up. No matter how distant we are, uh, the time is really different. We know that when two or more are you are there. And we ask that as the minister begins to minister this word, we ask that you give the minister uh, a call an understanding of your word to so everybody understands and is able to articulate the things that you are telling them so that it, it can benefit every single day. We thank you for your word is true, your word is light, and it, and it gives light to every single individual on this call. We thank you for every victory that we see in you, Christ, and we are we have open hearts to understand you are in a deeper level. And we come together in your name, Jesus' name, amen. Evening, everyone. This is David Meese, uh, one of your fellow congregants. Um, I'm going to be sharing tonight a bit about myself and some things I've been going through, hopefully it edifies you. Um, so in case y'all don't know me, I've been at TQ for uh, since October, 2012. So that's a, dec a decade. And uh, my life was radically changed. I met a few people here, you know, Pastor Kathy, Holy Spirit blasted me and it changed my life. Uh, but over the past couple of years, I would definitely say I've been kind of tuned out um, it's easy to use the children as an excuse, but um, I've grown more and more into myself and and have not maintained the relationship with the Lord that I did have. And um, I recently got some revelation where I read a word um, from another saint that said, your internal dialogue, like your self-talk, that your mind has um, averages 1,500 words per minute. So that means every minute there's at least 1,500 words, you know, sentences, whatever you're speaking to yourself. And that's even more elevated when you're on caffeine or um, other, I'm sure, drugs that act that way. So. That means the average person is having three or four un ungodly beliefs every minute. And that really blew me away, um, that revelation that like every minute of every hour of every day you're awake, you know, what are you taking in? Not just from your physical surroundings, like your eyes and your ears and your mouth that you're consuming, but what is your mind speaking and 
and how are you talking to yourself and about yourself? Um, and I would say that for me, you know, the past couple of years, I've slowly grown into trying to take control in my life versus letting God have control. But my self dialogue, my self talk has been pretty negative and it's been condemning towards myself. Um, I've had thoughts of like, you know, you're a failure or you don't make enough money to support your family or I'll obsess over things like this tree in my yard that is over a hundred years old and I've hired like four or five arborists to try and heal it. But like they've said, it's out of our control and that just really frustrates me. And yeah, so I got this revelation and it blew my mind. Let's just talk, stop for a moment and really understand the revelation that he's basically saying that he got. Because as he began to share that revelation with me, the Holy Spirit began to say to me, in this particular situation, as we look to operate in the heavenly uh, realms, that there's conversation that we're all having where the enemy is constantly, constantly at war with us. He's in, the way he showed me this was, there was a vision of an individual rising early in the morning. And in them rising early in the morning, they're going about their day, giving honor and praise unto the Lord and doing what they believe to be just. But there's an unseen force that's coming after this individual. And this unseen force is battling the individual. And I seen like a, uh, they had a sword in their hand and they were doing diligently battling. And it wasn't like the person hitting the person like up front, there were one on each person's side. And the key here, that individual was up against so much that they felt defeated. And all of the great things that they may have gotten in the early morning and the early hour that God would have given to them, they're so beat up that they don't go forward in their battle. And so the Lord showed me this person fighting the whole day. And even in that fight, you know, taking on that caffeine or whatever you guys drink, soda or whatever the case may be, it just increased the battle that the person was contending with and half of the battle was in the person's mind. And as we began to look at this and David began to share with me before I can truly hang up the phone. The Lord said to us, let's go into Luke 8 and see what Luke 8 has to say about, you know, the things that we totally contend with. And so I'm just setting it up. But before we go further, you know, uh, I'm in that same place where David is at because I'm battling stuff all day long as well. Uh, you know, I, I would truly say, you know, um, 
I know God gave me this boss that I have for a reason, but you know, she'll ask me specific things. So what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And when I tell her the truth, she rips me apart, you know, and literally says that what I'm saying to her is not truth, is a lie. And I know I'm saying what's truth by the spirit, but she just don't want to accept what I'm saying. And so it becomes an uphill battle all day, all day. And so in that, you know, I can truly see, you know, me having that battle, but I want to open it up before we go into the message and really get a better understanding of what you guys are contending with as well, because together, I think as we lay this down, you know, we will all be in that agreement to stand firm in the things of God. Can I say one more thing before we open it up? Um, the the other part of this this word was equally as shocking as the first part, and that was just stating that God does not condemn. He corrects and convicts, but any thought that is unpeaceful, um, that is uh, unjoyful, or I think most importantly for all of us that we can identify with of fear-based, it's not of God. And that just like blew me away because that's me all day long. Anyone else want to share? Well, I mean, I, when you were talking, <laughs> I'm like, Lord, is this everything? Is this like foggy or something? Did you show God for me? Because that's like my every day. Um, and no matter how hard I fight, the battle still is present. Now I can give God's glory to say I'm stronger on the inside, but the battle is still present. And I'm just like, Lord, one of these days I'm gonna need you just to like bring all of this to an end because it's 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 intense, but every every day it's a constant. The enemy is speaking lies to me, the enemy is uh, moving against me physically. The enemy is moving against my mind. The enemy is trying to uh, do whatever tactics he deems will work against me. And um, yeah, it's it's constant, day and night. It never ceases. I can attest to that. Um, what what David is saying literally speak is speaking to me too as well. This is Rashida. Um, I would just share a little bit of a testimony and then how I got beat up in it by the enemy within hours. Um, I had spoke with Shandalyn earlier this week and she had given me this awesome prophecy from the Lord that he shared with her regarding me when he asked her to pray for me some time ago. And it had answered so many questions on the inside of me, things that I've been asking God for years. Here she comes and answers it, all of them in like less than five minutes. And we praising God on the phone. I'm like, Jesus. And I was like, I got to call a pastor and share this with her. I hadn't talked to you, pastor. I'll still share it with you. And then I'm at work and I'm like, just praising God. Maybe about three o'clock, I was getting beat up in it. And I was just in it for the rest of the week, getting literally beaten up in it to where the enemy was trying to get me to literally purge what the Lord told me to accept. And it, it's been continuous ever since then. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to stand in this word. But at the same time, I can also literally hear the enemy speaking to me and trying to literally 
uproot what the Lord was trying to root in me. So that's what I go through consistently as well. Holy Spirit said, do not you see when there's a reckoning force that is coming forth, the enemy is going to do everything in its power to restrain it. And he said, you guys are a reckoning force. You're going to do the great damage to his kingdom. And so as long as he can hold you back, he's going to do it. But as we are brought into the true strategy of God, we're able to overcome and to truly stand in who we are. The key here, there's a strategy for being able to stand and to be able to truly, truly deal with what's dealing with us. First of all, we got to recognize that we're in a battle. Second of all, upon recognizing we're in a battle, we have to understand the purpose of the war and really as we understand the purpose of the war, then we're able to mount up and truly see that we are victorious because we're not fighting our own battles, we're fighting the Lord's battle. And even though it may look like it's you that uh, you're dealing with, it's truly the Lord's battle. The enemy says, oh my God, this one is going to do great damage to me. So as long as I can hold the line and keep them from coming forward, then in return, I am able to, to prevent the great damage and reckoning that it's going to cause to his kingdom, to Satan's kingdom. And so you have to understand, he's going to do everything in his power to cause you to flee. We literally see that when we go back to the Old Testament and we begin to look at some of the old disciples and literally understand the war in which they had. You know, it wasn't easy for them to just stand up and go against this thing, even to the point where scripture even shows that uh, the man of God is literally saying, Hey, I'm the only one standing because he thought everybody else around him was God. And God literally was saying, wait a minute, I've got all these others that, you know, haven't given up. And so in that place, we have to understand that even though we may look like we're that one person, but there's so many standing. And not only is it so many standing, that there's a force that we haven't seen that is really there to help us in our flight to get to the places that God is destined for us to walk in. And that's why we have to realize who we are and what enemy is trying to do, us, do to us is to keep us locked in our thought pattern. And so tonight God is looking to bring us out of these thoughts and bring us into that place where we are victorious. I mean, even right now, while you were talking, just like the stream of consciousness that goes in my mind is, you know, it's too late, or you won't be the person you used to be. Um, so it's just funny that, like, that once you've grabbed a hold and you've partnered with the enemy and those thoughts, they're so habitual that it's really hard to break. You don't even recognize it. But it's also in, uh, enlightening to see how much we've been in agreement with it. 
the thoughts that are there, how much we submit to it. And in that place where we've been submitting to it, you, you know, we don't even readily realize that we're submitting to something that, you know, it, it is powerless. <clears throat> and the way it holds us captive because we have given it power, but it is powerless. And that's where we have to come into that mindset and really, really understand it's powerless. You know, I remember working at an organization and every single time I turn around, I thought I was gonna be fired. Well, I never got fired from the organization and I couldn't understand every day I battled, I was gonna get fired because I was going to do something dumb, but I never got fired. But I submitted under that false uh, thought pattern and I believed that what I heard was true. So I walked around with that fear for many years and I never got fired. I, I think I was with the company for over seven plus years and I never got fired. But I had that understanding that today was going to be the day. And then I would go home sometimes and say, oh gosh, I didn't get fired today. You know, I didn't get fired today. Like it was something, you know, <laughs> great for me to recognize but then I walked in the next day believing the same fear. And that's the type of battle we're having. Anything else? I was just going to say that the same way a, a bully in school would just get you in an area that you know it like gets on your nerves and then when it gets on your nerves they get you in that area your siblings right anybody they know how to get under your skin and so what might not like the thing they say to you might not work for somebody else but because you have a reaction they keep coming at you and it's just a reminder how we are put on this earth to reign and that whole message we listened to about how we are many gods that are given power and authority here on earth. And when we say the enemy attacks us and comes at us every day, the way he gets us again is for us to give up our authority. That is the only way he can get us is for us to hand him our authority. And so when we know who we are and we know against condemnation and and understand that message i think and truly truly stop allowing condemnation to speak then um yeah then there 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 isn't the same kind of battles that we've been having that is totally true and i think we need to come into that place and truly begin to believe what God says about us and not what uh, we hear, you know, which are these crazy thoughts that continues to rise against us. Well, it comes back to the faith message again, because I know somebody who, you know, I, I, I'm sure we've all met Christians. Hopefully we're not this Christian, but I've met Christians that they're like, the enemy's attacking me again. And oh my gosh, he's always, he's after my finances, after my health, after my family, he's taken this, he's taken that, he's, he's always attacking me. And 
when I hear that sometimes I'm like, wow, like that person always gets attacked. Why is that person always getting attacked by the enemy? And uh, the Lord showed me before, like they, they welcome, they, they believe it. They believe that it's going to happen. They believe that these areas are not protected by God. And so they, they leave a door open to get plundered. Wow. Anyone else want to share? Um, I wanted to share earlier today, I had ex for some reason thought about how, um, I guess one of those voices that just keeps going off or the enemy is like, I'm constantly concerned with how people think of me um, or what they're looking at me as. And the Lord is like, I'm your representative, shut up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, as in like, people will see what he wants them to see and I have to let that go. Um, because I just keep trying to, I don't know, I guess people please or make an appearance that makes sense to everyone when that doesn't make sense because I don't know what's going on in everyone else's head. So I don't know. Um, I just kind of was in the car and that just came to my mind. And also that um, sometimes I feel like the enemy can have words or maybe it's just how we take it. I don't know. But some of the stuff that people say to us that sounds like it's attacking. Um, like the way that we take it is because we haven't dealt with the words that are already going on inside us. Um, but that was only part of what I was kind of seeing. And then I kind of just was tuning out, you know, what I felt like God was revealing. I hope I wasn't tuning them out, but I was like, that's an interesting thought. And I feel like it connects with um, us dealing with some of the stuff that's kind of talking to us and talking us down from um, us standing up as who we are. Wow. You know, I love when uh, David said how it comes at, and I think what really got me was the coffee part of it, you know, taking on coffee. Can you share that again? Yeah, just um, as a baseline, um, we have 1,500 words per minute running through our heads, and when you're caffeinated, um, that is greatly enhanced. I mean, obviously, depending on how much you have. Pastor's drinking coffee right now, by the way, as she's talking. So no one thinks that that doesn't mean you can't drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so some of you guys will walk away thinking that she's drinking coffee yeah. right now. We're obviously not here to condemn caffeine. I had it today myself. I did too. But it's just, yeah, it's just attacking not attacking, but being aware of what, you know, the benefits that it gives you, it can speed up your internal dialogue. And if you're having a good day, it's great. If you're in a bad mood, it's really going to give you anxiety. So just. Just be mindful. And if you're mindful of what's happening to you, you have a better ground to actually defeat the enemy as he comes forth. Another thing that was really interesting interesting to me as I begin to look at this particular message, you know, um, when David first brought it to my attention, my first words was 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and 6. And the Holy Spirit stopped me immediately. And he said, I do not want you to share that scripture with everyone. And I literally said, well, why is it that I can't share it with them? He says, because 
this house readily runs to that scripture. And in running to that scripture, they believe that they understand the scripture and how it works for them and how it helps them to stand in the things that that helps them to stand in the things that I'm sorry you guys somebody just walked in out of nowhere that helps us to lock that door okay uh, to stand in the things that are of God and as I began to look at second Corinthians uh, the Holy Spirit was literally saying He said it like this. He said they have equipped themselves in a way He said that they run away from even some of the things that I'm putting in their space because they haven't learned to sift through the things that are readily coming from the enemy. And then he said, the inner them versus the things that I'm trying to get them to see that I need to do. So what he's literally saying that we got everything coming through the same, same way. Everything gets funneling through one particular place. And we're not stopping to truly see what he's saying to us versus what's going on, if you, if you understand. So you got these mixed thoughts. And so when you're casting down imagination, you're casting down even some of the things that God is literally saying to us as well. Because we're so busy looking at, oh, that can't be God. This can't be right. And so we're battling good things and we're battling things that should not be battled, okay? Exactly, you're just hitting everything. And I love that perfect analogy. You think, oh, here he comes. And so you just start this knife and you're hitting everything in sight, but you in return cutting down some of the things that God is readily saying to us as well. So when you're casting down, you're like, oh, no, that sounds like imagination. That's not God. Okay. And so you're in that position where you're, de you're destroying it. And God is saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me bring this back to you because I want you to look at this. And you're like, no, nah, that's the enemy. And so you're, you've got everything coming through. And, and, and what he showed me, like a cup and everything being mixed into it. So it's a cup of coffee. And that cup of coffee, you put cream and sugar and everything. And sometimes that sweetener is something that overpowers the other things that are in the cup. And so you can't determine what's what. And I don't know if you ever had Paul to make a cup of coffee for you. Uh, Paul's cup of coffee focuses more in on the sweetener to me than on the coffee itself i want to taste the coffee and and he had it, it tastes good okay it burns the heck out of your tongue but 
it has a lot of sweetener in it. And sometimes that sweetener is what we focus in on and not on the coffee itself. And so giving you guys some insight on that. And sometimes it's the sweetener that we're so busy focused on and we're not focused on the things that God has. So he said, don't have them focus on 2 Corinthians 10, 5, 6. Have them to focus on their battle gear. So back to David. Um, I don't know if y'all heard of the book, uh, um, Things by Upton Sinclair. It's like the jungle or something. It was about um, the meat packing industry in the 1800s. And it led to the creation of a lot of like food safety laws because they would um, put things like rats or sawdust in meat. And the Lord showed me that I'm a man who consumes meat filled 90% sawdust because I've been a man of distraction and everything that I've consumed has been negative or fear-based. Um, and yeah, that I don't know to say. So let's go ahead and go into the message unless somebody else has to share something that they've been battling. Anybody else wanna share before we move forward? Well, you have grown so much. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten a lot better, but you know, the most, the most thing that I battle about is um. I mean, I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. Praise be to God. And so if we can go ahead and go into, not sure if you got the scripture. Okay. Yeah, we're going to start from verse four. Of course. This is NLT. Is that okay? Of course. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Quote, when they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. End quote. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. 
The seeds that fell in the footpath represent those who hear the message, only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. And so in hearing that particular message, you can clearly see where we lie <laughs> because sometimes we hear and, and, and I loved in this particular message as I was listening to God. If you go back, you can look at the beginning of the scripture and David, can you read this? Sure. From here? Mm -hmm. All of it. I want to break this down a little bit further to give you guys a better insight. Now it, came to now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him in their substance. So... For the line, he went through every city and village. This is often thought to be the second tour of Jesus through the region of Galilee. Jesus probably went to the same cities and villages more than once in his preaching work. On this second tour, the 12 were with him. When he started the first tour, first tour of Galilee, the 12 disciples had not yet been formally chosen. So then the line, preaching and bringing glad tidings. This described the theme of Jesus' preaching. He brought good news to the people that God's Messiah and King was present with them, announcing his kingdom. Let me make sure. So when you begin to look at this particular scripture, they're breaking it down and they're literally saying in the beginning of Luke 8, when it begins to talk about uh, Martha and all the people that are uh, in that journey, along, walking alongside of Jesus, they're literally brought into the kingdom at that particular point. It's like we are on that same journey. We're brought into relationship and into the kingdom with God. But a lot of times as we are brought into the kingdom, from our standpoint, we're still feel sometimes that we're on the outside of the kingdom, looking into the kingdom, and we're not fully engulfed in the kingdom. It's like, I, I'm a visitor. I, I come in uh, every once in a while and I, you know, choose to hang out here because it's a good place to come hang out. You know how sometimes you go to, uh, I, I don't want to necessarily, because if I say the word park, Paul's going to say, <laughs> uh, you just go to this particular park and if you go to the park, you're literally sitting there and it's like, oh my God, this is so great. Or you go to a museum and you're sitting back and it becomes a place of excitement 
for yourself because it's something that you're outside of your current environment and you feel like, oh my God, it's refreshing, it's breathtaking, you're taking it all in or you're sitting on the mountain or you're sitting and stopping at a park bench. Sometimes uh, we look at that as, oh my God, this is the, the experience we have with the kingdom. But the Lord said, when we heard the word, we literally was grafted fully into the kingdom, even though we don't necessarily have full visibility of what everything looks like. It doesn't mean that the kingdom is not around you. And that's where we have to come into this place. He wouldn't be in this place where he's talking to us about battling and standing if he didn't really see that we are seeing something that's working against us. We all acknowledge in the setting that there is something behind the scenes working against us. There's not one of us that doesn't agree to that. So we know that we are immersed in the kingdom and being immersed in the kingdom is so important for all of us to get to that place and understand our rights within this kingdom we're not sitting on the park bench taking in the audience we are really part of it and so everything that's in this kingdom belongs to us and we are to safeguard the, the kingdom because it's so important that we safeguard and help others to get into the kingdom and so as we go a little bit further, you're, you're literally seeing, and, and you can now really see that where conferences came from. Back in the old days, they had these conferences. Oh, well, we're going to bring this conference in. So you see how Jesus going, he went into the city before, before he was by himself. And now all of a sudden he's coming back and he has the disciples coming along with him. And so you can see where conferences arrived, you know, that you see in the world today, like, oh, there's a conference. Oh, he's going back and visiting the place. The key here, the more he's going by himself in the beginning but his popularity grows and then guess what others are coming but it's the it's the key here is that the kingdom supposed to branch out in you you're not supposed to be in this place where you're by yourself you're supposed to be in that place where you're taking on and bringing others into what you believe but 90 percent of the time we're not bringing others in because we're battling the things that are in the kingdom are better yet outside of the kingdom that we're trying to bring in. Just a moment. Just like you want me to keep, Okay. Do you want me to keep going? Yes. This is very extensive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so the next line in this verse. Uh, was in certain women. Luke specifically mentioned this because uh, it was very unusual. Jesus had a very different attitude towards women than the religious leaders of that day. You can't see it. It's an article. <laughs> but it's referencing the first part of Luke 8. Um, the rabbis refused to teach women and generally assigned them a very inferior place. So it's interesting that in the four gospels, all of Jesus' enemies were men. Uh, one of these women was called, was Mary called Magdalene. This Mary had been demon possessed until Jesus freed her. 
Many also assume that she was given over to immorality, but this isn't said in the text. Um, but then if you really look where your mind is battling, your every time you hear Mary Magdalene, you think the worst of her. But scriptures doesn't really say that. And so in your mind, you position somebody into a negative and that's what the enemy is good at, positioning us in that negative space. And so it's so important that we begin to pay attention to stuff like that. Uh, the next woman was Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. Um, the word for this is epitropos. A king had many prerequisites and private property, and his etropos was the official that looked after his financial interests. There could be no more trusted and important official. So it's amazing that Mary, with her dark past, and Joanna, the lady of the court, were both together. And Mary and Joanna were among the first witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. Um, the next line is, and quote, and many others who provided for him from their substance, end quote. We see the true humble nature of Jesus here. Um, he willingly made himself dependent on others. He didn't have to. He could have just created all the money or food he needed. But Jesus was humble enough and godly enough to receive from others. Many of us are too proud to receive help from others. Sometimes the ability to humbly receive is a better measure of Jesus in our life than the ability to give. Giving sometimes puts us in a higher place, but receiving may put us in a lower place. And the term used of the women's support of Jesus's mission is diaconia, probably because it anticipated the office of deacon, especially the deaconess in the early church. So now on to the parable of the soils. Quote, and when the great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, who has ears to hear, let them hear. But I really want to make sure that we slow it down and read the first one. So let's stop and read. What did the first seed do? So when the sower went out to sow seed, what happened in the first? David, can you read that again? As he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down. So if you really listen, the Lord is literally saying to us, he said, you must hear this. And in hearing this, you must understand. He said, you have been given great insight into kingdom things. He said, but it's so important for you to learn how to handle these kingdom things. Mm -hmm. 
And he said, and handling kingdom things, not to take them for granted. And when he's talking about taking for granted, it, it is in that place where you're hearing something and as you hear it, you take it lightly. And he says, I don't want you to take something lightly. I want you to really, really begin to not only assess. He said, but to give things great thought. He says, as you give great thought to the things that I speak to you, that nothing will be lost. And the way he brought that to me, he gave me a simple analogy just then. He showed me, your parents used to say, chew your food, chew your food. And, and to fully chew your food, it was in order for you to really, really digest it and not to choke on, on the food. And so what the Lord is literally saying, as we give thought to it, the enemy won't try to choke it out of you. As you pay close attention to it, he said, even to the point to where sometimes you gotta write it down, you gotta look at it again. And then looking at it again, you have to be in that place where you fully understand it. And in that place where you fully understand the word, he said, the word will begin to produce in you the harvest that you're destined looking for to come forward. Okay? And in that place where you're, you're really giving it your all, I will provide the help and support that is needed for you to not only maintain the seeds in which I'm giving you. He said, but they're going to grow and you're going to really reap the, from the harvest of the words that are sown in you. And then he keeps saying, hear me. Got that baby, Michael? He, he received. Do you want me to go on to the next? Yes, slow that one down. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And, and then the Lord says, where does the rock exist in you? He said, this is part of your belief system where you struggle. He said, you always say, how can this be for me? He said, instead of asking, how can this be for you? Why isn't it for you? Why is it? And when you're asking why is it, you're literally saying, 
I'm in agreement with your word, Lord. And in that place where I'm agreeing with your word, I'm believing this is for me. It's, it's exactly what Josie said. I'm not going to speak that because I know what it does when I speak these things. What she's literally saying, I experienced that entanglement and that entanglement has literally caused wreckage in my life. And she says, I am not willing to be in that wreckage anymore. So therefore, I am not going to allow these words to come up against me. Why not believe? Why not trust? Why not move from that place where my heart is based on it. And, and I, I, I give you guys the perfect example. I don't know if anybody uh, listened to me. Long time ago, I used to look at Benny Hinn and half of the stuff I would see on TV, you know, I said, Lord, that's staged. Lord, that's staged. Oh no, Lord, that's staged. That person didn't get out of that wheelchair. Oh Lord, that's staged. That person didn't get that their, you know, the healing that whatever. They're staging for money. And in that, I said, I'll never do that. And the Lord literally said to me, he said, even if it's staged, those who's looking in and have faith are receiving their healing. Get it? Those looking in. And so what did that do to my stony heart? It softened it and made me to see things from a different point and to believe in the impossible. So hear what he's saying. Let's go to the next one. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. I said, Lord, when it comes to the thorn, what does this mean? He said, this is the things that hits and sticks to you. You know, that keeps poking you. He said, say that again, the things that keep poking you. You guys know what keeps poking you? <laughs> exactly. The kid's nose. I think Larcelli, her son, you know, not wanting to move forward because of some of the struggles he having. This thing keeps poking at you. It seems like it never gets better. I think Amanda gave a perfect example of the child keeps getting sick. You know, these things constantly poke at you. And even every time you think it's gone away, it comes back and pokes you again. This is the stuff that we need to begin to stand against and these are the things that poke you. You know what pokes you. Like, God, the, you know, the things that poke you. Like, you know, I, I, I think one of the things that I, I truly see that I have to recognize is my boss. She pokes me, okay? And, and, and so bad I want to say something, but then I say, Lord, you haven't given me a voice. And 
And as she pokes me, I say to myself, I'm going to get her, okay? But I know I can't get her. So that's the stuff that pokes you. This comes back to our condemnation conversation that David brought up from the beginning because there are thorns that appear in our lives regardless of Paul talks about how he had a thorn and God said, um, my grace is sufficient for you in that area. And I think sometimes we feel like we need to cast out every thorn in our life. And if it's not healed in the name of Jesus immediately or delivered immediately in Jesus' name, and it continues to bother us, it's like a pain cluster, like you said. And I don't know how we how we move forward from that, but sometimes we do have the authority to deal with it immediately, and then other times I feel like God's like, you gotta just not let it bother you. And you gotta you gotta find peace even in the midst of that that thorn because he is over it and it is beneath his feet even though at this point in time it looks like it's had dominion over you but others fell on good ground sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold and that's where we we like to operate from but many times we don't operate from that place and and my uh, Lord says simply as this, you'll get there. You'll get there. You are going to operate from the place in which everything prospers. But he said, but the way to get there is to acknowledge that you're not there. And it's okay not to be there. You know how we say... I Sorry, that bear witness with me. I feel like that visitor, and then exactly what you said, acknowledging that, because I let everything poke at me, and I feel like I worked so hard to build a relationship with him, and then I'm there, and then I'm not there, and then I just feel like that visitor again. Who just was it. speaking? Who was that? Araceli. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. But that's a perfect example of it. Can I share an honesty moment? Of course. Uh, I call I have all three types of sorry all four types of these like the thorns next to a path on some rocks um, and the Lord also showed me because Amanda and I went on a hike the other day and uh, it's near San Bernardino and you know obviously we live in a dry area so it's like mostly dry um, but the plants in the dry area um, we're soft, but when we move to an area where there's fresh springs flowing out of the mountain, right next to it are all these thorns. I just think it's interesting that 
sometimes you can be so close to the Lord in some ways and be living out maybe a joy or um, righteousness or other areas, but in others, the enemy has you tangled up. So declaring that today, we are all breaking free of that. Anyone else? Anyone else? No matter where you're at in this scripture, we're all supposed to be at that last part, which is good. But here's the thing. They fell. They fell. Um, my, my, my question that I asked the Lord, why are they falling on these soils? Um, does, are they falling out of the farmer's pocket going into these places? And as I started going through it all, it is as if the farmer didn't care. But here's the thing. Even though it fell on the, the wayside, which is the roadside, um, or the street, the reality of each one of these, they can all be good when they're maintained and taken care of with, with the right ingredients, which is water, sunlight, and moisture. Um, but here's the thing. Because I've seen, I can see plants grow in any any place as long as it's, it's consistent and they're well maintained. But the thing is that we have to see is is the good part. And one of the things that has been helping me lately, for me personally, is to keep my life like a thermostat. Meaning that when a ther when we turn on the air conditioner. Our air conditioner will shut off in the home when it reaches, let's just say, 72. And and that's us being at rest. But there are things that come by and change the temperature, and then it has to come back on. And with us, this is where we tend to maintain and use our power by trusting in God and staying in that good place, trusting in the things that he says in the situations that we're going through. because. It is God now who's working for us, and it is Christ who has done all the work for us, and all we have to do is believe and maintain that. That's our spiritual walk. And for me, in a daily, even though I do go through things, I try and maintain my peace and maintain, no matter, even if I intake something differently, I'm fighting to rest to know that I'm at peace and not to allow something, a substance, to overtake me, even if I do feel like that. And I've been working that in, even as I go through work, like, for example, the sun. I don't know if you guys ever been out in the sun and working for 10, 12 hours a day. It can take you, beat you, and if you're not taking electrolytes, it can cause you to um, get dehydrated and lose your focus on who you are, but I maintain my peace in actually knowing that things that have happened in the past, like God's scripture says, the sun shall not spite me by day or the moon by night. So I'm trusting in those scriptures as I walk through and finding out scriptures, the things that I'm dealing with, and I'm maintaining that and throwing that into my life and holding that as a promise that God says. In other words, the same way that a bully says, give me your money. I mean, that I say, God, 
your word says this, I believe it and I receive it. Even if I I say this too, because there's times that I don't believe it too. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust in you because I'm resting in that faith that Christ has because he lives in me and I can maintain my life using his faith because I live now by the faith of the Son of God, which is what Paul had spoken about. Um, and I and I stay there in that place. So I don't know if this helps out because any soil can be good as long as it's maintained, watered, has proper sunlight. And God can cause an increase in every single one of those because I see trees that are in rocks. I see trees that can grow through through the thorns. But the thing is, if we can maintain and keep our focus in on God because everything depends on where is your focus at. And the devil loves to take your focus off of God. That's his main strategy. Can I take your focus off of God? And every unsuccessful um, story that happened in the Bible, Eve got her focus, took him off of God, and was concerned about the questions that the devil was asking her. And it continued to raise questionings and questionings to the point where it took her focus off of God. And, and when we maintain our temperature, same thing, maintain our peace, maintain our focus on God, we can do all things and maintain that good soil to the point where God will continue to cause the increase because all we do is just water and and that's it. Water and plant. Water and plant and God provides the increase for one of those. Hopefully that helps out. Thank you for sharing that, Brandon. Um, the next line here they're breaking down is, when a great multitude had gathered um, for that line, Jesus taught large groups at one sitting. He didn't despise teaching smaller groups or even individuals, but he drew crowds from every city. Um, he spoke by a parable. The idea behind this word parable is to throw alongside of. It is a story thrown alongside the truth intended to teach. So parables have been called earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. So now on to the next line. A sower went out to sow his seed. Jesus spoke according to the agricultural customs of his day. In those days, seed was scattered first, and then it was plowed into the ground. For the most part, you didn't know the quality of the precise piece of ground until after the sowing. On to the next line. As he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. Some fell, by, fell on rocks, some fell on thorns, other on good ground. In this parable, the seed fell on four different types of soil. Though this is commonly called the parable of the sower, it can be better called the parable of the soils. The difference is never the seed, but on the kind of soil it lands on. The wayside was the path where people walked, and nothing could grow because the ground was too hard. On rock was where the soil was thin, lying upon a stony shelf. On this ground, the speed sprang up quickly because of the warmth of the soil, but the seed was unable to take root because of the rocky shelf. 
Among thorns, describe soil that is fertile, perhaps too fertile because thorns grow there as well as grain. The thorns choked out the grain and it didn't make a productive crop. Finally, good ground is soil that was both fertile and weed free. And a good crop grew in this ground and it could be a hundred times more what was sown. And as we take in the different soil, we're definitely, you know, love what um, Brandon shared because anything can grow if you're really, really allowing yourself to rest in the abundance of your Lord and Savior. And so it's so important that you hear what God is saying and that we surrender the things that we can readily hold on to and really are false comforts. And so going back to what you shared in the beginning, what is the prayer that we pray in order to overcome in this area? Lord, I pray that now we are conscious and aware of the flows within our mind and we catch the enemy in his tracks, uh, you know, red-handed, and with this knowledge, we're going to act and we're going to be um, paying attention to how our minds are working, what we're thinking of, and grabbing a hold of kingdom thoughts and worship, worshiping the Lord, um, praising Jesus and declaring his goodness and his peace and his joy over our lives. And so what you're literally saying, I don't have to be concerned about where I'm at as long as I'm keeping my eyes on Christ. So that's what you're saying to me. Uh, I don't have to be concerned about, you know, the things that constantly wars within me that as they war, I'm trusting God for the victory to come forward. So better yet, maybe I ask you, how are you going to overcome in this? Now that it's been brought to your attention, how are you going to overcome? What are you going to do different? I now have a net on my um, self-talk that is going to catch anything that is unpeaceful, unrighteous, um, or fear-based. And I'm going to speak the blessings of the Lord. And so what would you have to pray over us in closing? Well, I was going to say, going off of what David said, is that it's, it's the popular scripture, but I don't think we quote it enough, which is there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And to break the cycle, you have to break condemnation because condemnation is what gets you going back in your cycle because then you feel unworthy and then you give in to whatever is beating you up and you allow it to have authority and then you beg for forgiveness. Then you go back 
into Christ and then you feel like you fell out again and, and it's like this never ending cycle. And so I, I, I don't know what the prayer would be, but I think we all have to get to a place where we refuse to entertain first and foremost, the lie of condemnation that these thoughts are not ours. And even if they are ours, they didn't originate there and that we have an enemy that is seeking to destroy us and there's no more beating ourselves up. Awesome. Awesome. Because um, it's just, you know, when I look back and I think about it, it's just lost time that you could have did so much more for the Lord if I would just, you know, recognize it a long time ago. <laughs> it took me so long. I've known the Lord for over 40 years, you know. And I mean, and I was brought up knowing the Lord, you know, but I'm just saying, but really serving the God, serving God, you know, without saints and all that kind of stuff, you know, just Bible wise, that it took me this long. I just, I just, but thank God that He, that it came, right? We're now, like he, she said, we're, I'm in the kingdom. And, and I'm not getting out of that kingdom, you know, because that's um, that combination will just hold on to you, and you're it's just stolen from you all that time. You can't even make up for it. You, know, you can't make up for it. But um, even then, God was still with me, and He still loved me, no matter what all that stuff that was going on and going back and forth and back and forth. But He was always there for me, no matter what. You know, and then I stopped to think, man, no matter all that time, all that wasted time, well, you're always feeling guilty and all this weight on you and stuff, and you didn't have to have it, but God didn't abandon me. He was always there for me, no matter what. I make you guys laugh because if I haven't learned anything from Paul, and Paul being, I call him the handy, handy man, you know, I know I bring so much. Can you do this? Can you do that? And, and I'm sure Paul has never done, especially laying pavers, okay? And I originally went to Billy and said, hey, Billy, can you lay pavers with me? <laughs> Billy, Billy's like, I can't start them, but I can help you in the middle or something along that line. But then I went to Paul and I said, hey, Paul, can you lay pavers? He did not say no. He went and looked it up and then turned around and said, hey, I can do it. And to me, that's so much encouragement because he literally didn't automatically say what he can't do. And that's what we normally lean to, what, what we can't do. He literally went beyond and said, hey, I can. And in that place, he accepted that he could do all things. And so even in that, uh, I, I, I'm totally encouraged because as I look at the outcome, Paul, is this the first time you did papers? Well, I'm going to let you finish. I got something to add to that. Okay. <laughs> but, 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 yes. but then, if you know me, and if anybody knows me, I may start off and say, hey, here's the vision. And that vision's going to keep going and getting larger and larger and larger. And I'm going to say, can you do this? Can you add that onto it? Can you do that? Can you do that? And in that, I do 
uh, I will put so much on your plate that you sit back and you're like, oh my gosh, and I will bury you in all the stuff I'm asking. And so I hand it over to Paul. <laughs> well, I think earlier in, 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 in the, uh, I'll say in class, uh, Pastor had reference to uh, growth and, uh, and to just put a trailer to the, the matter of the papers. No, I never laid papers. However, taking on the task, I've grown into knowledge of it and I know what it all entails. Uh, do I have a little regret about this project? A little bit in the beginning, I was like, before you can get to the soil, you had to move heaven and earth to get <laughs> to the soil to even level the playing field and to prep. Uh, but there was something earlier uh, that's been going on inside of me in terms of struggles, uh, why we behave in manners that we do. And we're in the kingdom uh, and we have full use of everything, but we don't know what everything is. I look at myself and I heard those online and those who are present. And what keeps popping in my head, in my heart, we get complacent. And at least I get complacent and, and I know that I'm a blessed man and I know Father God has me, um, but I'm in this world and therefore in this world, uh, I'm, I'm prone to make mistakes and defer or get derailed at times. And that's where I rely on the Holy Spirit just to realign and calibrate me back on track. But uh, I, um, I say to myself and those who uh, that may have some struggles similar like in kind, um, don't give up, just stay in prayer. And I think Amanda, you were referenced to if there was a prayer that we could, a go-to prayer. Um, yeah. We all have a go-to prayer in a sense as it applies to our relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. We all have our own individual relationship and, and, and it's suited for David, for Takiyah, Josie, yourself, Pastor, as well. And we can say, wow, this prayer or this scripture is specifically for me. And I, I look back, I think Josie said 40 years, you know, if we had started this, that, and the other. Father God knew it then, just like he knows it now. And he just says, well done, my daughter. You know, 40 years later, well done. Mm -hmm. and, and I won't even say a number for myself, but I just say, I'm every day I just say, thank you for my life. Thank you for your grace and mercy. But it's a matter of what's suited in our space with our relationship with Christ. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm 
the more struggles I have or lack of, the challenges that I have or tribulations that I'm confronted with, and it's only going to make me stronger. And it's going to lead to my growth and, and secure my relationship or intensifies my relationship with Father God. And, and I give him all the praise and the glory. So before David, I believe, has the prayer. Um, but before that, really quickly, the what the Lord put on my heart to share in the antidote to, to the way we've been dealing with things before, which is the thorns are hitting us, the enemy is attacking us, we, we fall into his trap, we beat ourselves up, we lose sight of him and we're focused on self and then we go back at it and then kind of do this cycle, right? So the immediate response when, oh, I messed up or oh, I have this thought or oh, I'm dealing with this and this and I'm not, I lost sight of Christ is to go inward and to focus on ourselves and to condemn ourselves. One of the messages that Emma Stark gave in one of her podcasts about getting fear out of your life, you know, um, it's a simple method that she instructed. And I, I just wanted to share that with everyone as a different way of dealing with these things moving forward. And that is renouncing or like repenting, renouncing, binding, and casting out. So just four things, repenting, renouncing, binding, and casting out. So the first is if I'm partnering with fear and I'm dealing with anxiety with this little one, every time there's a sniffle, <laughs> I'm going to repent for that mindset. Not beat myself up about it, but be like, ooh, I'm going to change the way I'm thinking. I've been partnering with this. I'm going to turn to you, God. I'm going to repent for partnering with that. That's simple. I'm going to partner with you instead. Now that we're partnering and I'm not partnering with the enemy and the beliefs of the enemy, I'm going to bind this thing or I'm going to renounce it from my life. I'm going to no longer partner with this. I'm partnering with you. I'm going to bind it. And instead of receiving and believing the lie, I'm going to believe truth. So I'm going to feel myself with truth. If we just cast things out and we don't feel ourselves, we go right back to the right seven times instructed is to once again renounce, bind, and cast out. And so David in closing. King Jesus, uh, right now I speak a complete renewing of the mind of everyone listening in on this call. Uh, everyone in the church, even if they're not present, and that you be completely refreshed of your thought patterns and of your self-condemnation, that uh, like the changing of a, the scent of a, I don't know, a dirty room, that your mind be refreshed with the scent of the Lord, of aloe and myrrh and rosemary and lavender and peppermint. Just take that in. And the Lord showed me a bit on what Paul was saying about how he had to level pastor's backyard. There are 
like canyons in our minds of the thoughts that we've repeated minute by minute, hour by hour, and the Lord is filling those completely like they never were before, and that everything is level, and you're starting fresh. So I speak this in Jesus' name. Amen. We bless you guys. Good night. Good
If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.